We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster and we are fresh off of a 76-63 to UConn win in Seattle at Climate Change Arena. Uh, it was really impressive to see UConn go uh, what is effectively a road game and be able to take care of business against a team that is currently ranked in the top 10 uh, while playing... What was very clearly not uh, the best that I think this team that can play. Um, it felt like one of those games where they were kind of stuck in like third gear and can never quite get the level of separation that they needed. And uh, I, I said this on After Dark, and I'm going to drop in the After Dark audio here in a second. But it felt like one of those games where uh, it was Big Brother playing against little brother and big brother's just holding his hand out like this and saying, and, and, and has his hand on his little brother's head and just not letting him get involved in the game. And um, on paper, I do think that this is a, a quality matchup for, uh, for Gonzaga, at least in the way that the, the lineups kind of fit together, right? Like Anton Watson and Ryan Nemhart are the two best players on Gonzaga's roster. Um, Anton Watson's going up against Alex Caravan. Alex Caravan is uh, is not the best um, on-ball defender against fours that can score. Um, Ryan Nembhard is a guy that is at his best at kind of putting the ball on the floor and attacking uh, perimeter defenders and getting into the paint and hitting those little like eight to ten foot pull-ups. And uh, UConn is not the best at keeping those guys out of the paint um, at this point. So uh, I thought that it would be something where it'd be a little bit of a sweat, uh, but turns out, no, not so much. UConn made seven of the first eight threes. Donovan Klingon scored 10 of his 21 points in the first five minutes, and this was a game where UConn more or less had control throughout. Um, even when it was close midway through the first half, it was something where it kind of felt like UConn probably should pull away and be able to 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 run away with this thing and um, they did that at the end of the first half. In the second half, there was only one possession where Gonzaga was within single digits, even though um, it kind of felt like in that second half, you know, things just got – it was it was such a weird second half. Um, 
there was a stretch where I think four straight possessions, UConn turned the ball over. I think Gonzaga went down and just missed a shot and didn't have a chance to actually put any game pressure on UConn. Uh, it never felt like Gonzaga was getting ready to make a run, even when they went through that that like three-minute stretch where they were uh, really getting up in UConn defensively. Um, and it, it was, yeah, it was just a weird basketball game. Um, it felt like a basketball game played between two teams uh, that were both on East Coast time, and it was a 10-15 tip-off. Uh, only one of those teams was on East Coast time. So uh, really impressive performance, really impressive win. Um, Jeff and I kind of covered everything that I think needs to be covered when it comes to to UConn and the way that they played um, in in uh, the segment that we did on After Dark. Um, but the one thing I do want to emphasize is I think it's really, really awesome and really, really cool that Dan Hurley put together the schedule that he did for this year, right? Uh, UConn's played Indiana in New York in a tournament where there was a chance that they could play Louisville in New York City. Um, they played North Carolina in Madison Square Garden. They played Gonzaga in Seattle um, in what was a de facto road game, right? Not a not an on-campus game, but you're flying across the country. You're playing uh, a powerhouse in their home state, and you played at Kansas. That is five of what the top 10, top 12, top 14 programs in college basketball that UConn played, right? Or that UConn had a chance to play. They played four of them. They could have played five of them. I know Louisville's not having a great season, whatever. That's not really the point. Uh, The point is that coming off a season where they won a national championship and heading into a season where they were a preseason top 10 team, uh, Dan Hurley didn't shy away from any of that. He went out and he challenged himself. He challenged the team. He put together a schedule where they've played um, now three games that were marquee must-see TV. And in a sport where we need coaches during November and during December to challenge themselves and to take on that task and to say, look, the best thing for college basketball is for me to be able to do things like go on the road and play at Kansas, go fly across the country and play Gonzaga, challenge myself and play North Carolina in Madison Square Garden, right? Where we need things to be able to cut through the noise. And and, and Dan's not the only one that does this. Like um, Tom Izzo is not afraid to put together schedules like this. Like John Shire is not afraid to put together a crazy schedule. Tommy Lloyd went out and played at Duke on op- the opening night of the or the the opening week of the season. Right, we've seen Scott Drew go out and schedule difficult schedules. Like there's a lot of coaches that will do this, and I think they all deserve credit. But uh, I don't think any of them more than uh, than Dan Hurley for the simple fact that none of those opponents opted to play in Gamble Pavilion or the XL Center. Every single one of them was away from home. Every single one of them was, well, that's not necessarily true because we all know that uh, Madison Square Garden is store south, but none of them came up to Connecticut and played in one of the official home arenas. And uh, it takes a lot of balls. It does. It takes a lot of balls to put together a schedule like that um, and play the teams that they played. And uh, UConn is one missed three from Cam Spencer away from getting through it with an undefeated, unblemished record. So um, I hope you guys have enjoyed those experiences, have enjoyed seeing UConn play in those venues, have enjoyed 
the show that this team has put on for stretches. Um, there's a lot of things that I think we can kind of take away from this performance. Like, I don't think this was the best game that Tristan Newton's played. I actually thought that he was, uh, he was kind of a passenger in this one. Um, it was nice to see Donovan Klingon really get it going. And I think that it is important. Uh, but um, the biggest thing to me is that we, we are now sitting here 10 and one getting ready for Big East play in a situation where UConn looks like they are uh, right there with Arizona and Purdue and Kansas and anybody else in college basketball in the season is a threat to win it. And wouldn't it be fun if this team went back to back? Um, that's really all I got here. Uh, we're going to get into the segment that Jeff Goodman and I did on Gonzaga and UConn from after dark here. Um, just please, if you're listening to this rate review, subscribe, uh, leave a comment on YouTube, do all of those things that you know are going to make me happy as a podcaster. If you are enjoying this content uh, that is uh, that is put out there for absolutely free, the best way that you can support it is to be able to interact and engage with it uh, with everything being, uh, being a result of an algorithm at this point. All of that engagement really does help. So um, if you uh, enjoyed that win tonight or if you enjoyed listening to Jeff and I, uh, argue a little bit about UConn. If you enjoyed me putting me putting Goodman in his place about trying to say that Indiana is a more talented team than UConn, then please just hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and do something to uh, to help me out here. I really do appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get into that UConn Gonzaga breakdown from Field of Sixty Eight After Dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Friday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. We have a special show tonight. We are going to be breaking down this UConn-Gonzaga game, one of the three top 10 matchups that we are going to get this weekend. Um, Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. We're presented by our partners over at BetMGM. Uh, we are, UConn currently is up 76 to 63. There's about 30 seconds left in this game. I'll update the score as soon as it goes final. Uh, but it has been a fairly... It's been all right, perfect. 76 63. UConn uh picks off Gonzaga in the Climate Pledge uh arena in Seattle, which is effectively a road game for UConn. Although the uh the crowd did not show out the way that I expected it to show on a Friday night for Gonzaga in the state of Washington. Um, it was a straightforward performance, I think, Goodman for UConn here. Um, and uh, I mean, look, we talked about it before we uh press record on this. It felt like UConn did not get out of third gear throughout this entire game, and they still found a way to win by 13 points uh, on the other side of the country against a team that is currently sitting in the top 10. Scary. Uh, terrifying if, if you're watching UConn because, uh, as you said, like they went to Donovan Klingon early, and I was like, man, he, he might get 40 tonight because he was getting deep post position. They were feeding him the ball. It almost looked like, a concerted effort tonight to finally get the big guy the ball because he was healthy and or healthier. And and then they kind of took control. And then it was Camp Spencer who made some big threes. They went into halftime with a you know a pretty generous lead. And there was never really any game pressure on them the, the, the whole game. So they didn't need Tristan Newton to have to do much. They didn't need Stephen Castle to have to do too much. Like honestly, I, I think Rob, this game said way more about Gonzaga than it did about UConn, to be honest. I mean, it says a lot about UConn that they played their C game and they're able to win on the road like they did against a top 20 team. Because I think that's what Gonzaga is at the end of the day, a top 20-ish team. They're not deep. They don't have a star. Their backcourt's okay. Nemhart's good, but Hickman's just okay. Gray Mike couldn't do anything tonight. They're just, this is the most underwhelming Gonzaga team we've seen in a long time. And I think finally the loss of Tommy Lloyd has caught up with Gonzaga a little bit, recruiting-wise, because I don't think they have the talent that they had year after year. Yeah, and I do think it's fair to mention that they don't have steel venters, which more or less takes away any kind of depth that they have on the perimeter. Like the way that it works right now is you have Ryan Nemhart and you have Nolan Hickman, and those two dudes got to play 40 minutes because everybody else on this roster is a front court player. And as soon as uh, somebody they, on they the They played 40 and 39, by the way, just so you know. 40 and 39 minutes. 
those yeah they, i mean they have to play those guys all those minutes be, and if you go back and look at what they've done throughout the season they got to play them those minutes they don't have any other backcourt players on the roster and um i, I mean look ryan nemhard's a good player he's not someone that you want to necessarily rely on to have to try to get you 20 every night like that's not the best way to make him be effective graham bk is a good player but he he he's never going to be effective going up against the likes of a Zach Eady or a, or a Donovan Klingon because he's six foot nine and he scores with his back to the basket. And um, to me, the biggest thing is just like they, there's no there's no lineup versatility, right? Their best lineup, the one that has Anton Watson at the four, the only way they can bring subs in, it's Braden Huff and Ben Gregg off the bench, and both of those dudes are six foot eleven, right? So you're moving your best player out of his best position, Anton Watson. You move him from the four to the three. And that's that's just that's a hard way to win basketball games. So I I feel like Gonzaga right now is a guard short of what they need to be. Like if they still had Hunter Salas right now, and I'm not saying the Hunter Salas is like necessarily the best player on the planet, but if they had a dude that could get them 15 minutes off the bench that was capable of averaging like seven or eight points. I think that changes what this team could be because Nolan Hickman could play a little bit of point, right? One of the, you put those two guys together in the backcourt and you can get by with two to three minute stretches two to three times during a game. So I, I, you don't, I think they're just, you just don't short. have a guy, Rob, you just don't have a guy that anybody fears. Like ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? You don't have a guy on this team that you're like, holy crap, we got a game plan for him. Ryan Nemhard mm-hmm. was a great player at Creighton when he was a really he, – he had dudes around him. He had a lot around him. There, there's just not enough around him here, so he's got to do too much, as you said. Um, now, again, in the WCC this year, listen, they could run away with it. I don't think they will. I actually think I, – I feel better about my Gales, my St. Mary's Gales now after watching Gonzaga tonight, to be honest, because I think they could still get the automatic bid and win the WCC. Uh, I, I think it's that wide open. Yeah, and Josh Jefferson got it going a little bit for for St. Mary, so I think that he'll be he'll be fine there. And you always got to keep an eye on Santa Clara because Santa Clara just you know who's going to be their, the the first round pick that they have come out of nowhere this year it was Brandon Pudzinski last year. It was uh, Jalen Williams the year before that. So you just there's a lottery pick somewhere in there, Goodman. We just don't know who it is yet. We're going to find someone off that Santa Clara roster that's a lottery pick. Um, no, I, I mean. Look, do you see this as kind of the start of the end for Gonzaga and Mark Few to where like this is the, the end of the era of like Gonzaga being in the mix for a final four every year for an elite team every year and going you know back to like, hey, they may be able to catch fire in a year, but they're not going to be there every year now. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to say that at this point. Um, I do think that, and you made this point last year, multiple times, right? You, I think you made it when we were in Las Vegas for the, the, uh, the sweet 16 before UConn played, um, Gonzaga there in the elite eight, that there's just not the level of NBA talent that we've seen before. There's no Nigel Williams, Goss, and there's no Brandon Clark, and there's no, um, you don't have that same – you don't have a Jalen Suggs. You don't have a Chet Holmgren. You don't have that same level of dude. And if you go and look at what Arizona has right now, they're getting Caleb Love out of the portal, and that's the guy that Gonzaga used to get, right? They are getting Kylan Boswell to reclassify and enroll there. That's what Gonzaga used to get. They are getting the players 
The, the, I mean, Kashad Johnson is basically Brandon Clark from 2018, yeah. right? Or 2019. What was Brandon? Sure. Whatever he was. Whenever Brandon, you guys know who I'm talking about. Whenever Brandon Clark was there, that's basically what Kashad Johnson is. So um, I, I, I'm not ready to say that yet because Mark Few at the end of the day is a Hall of Famer, right? And and he's not there yet, but he should be there. Um, so I'm not ready it's to say that yet. But By the way, it's crazy it that he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. No, it is. Am I wrong? I mean, it, no. He's he he should be there, and he's going to get there. That that just seems like one of those ones where it's like we're just kind of waiting for the right time. They only want to add one year, whatever it is. Um, no, no. I think you're right. Can we can we flip this and 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 pivot to UConn here real quick? Because yeah. I do want to just ask you, like, when when they are able to get Klingon going, and and he had his best game of the year this, uh, tonight. He had 21 points, eight boards, three assists, a pair of blocks. He was 8-11 from the floor. Most importantly, he was 5-7 from the free throw line. And he looked, Jeff, like he was finally moving well. To me, that's been what they were missing was that, was that offensive threat. Yes, getting Steph Cal Castle healthy uh, matters because you're adding someone that can be an elite defender. You're adding someone that is your best uh, point of attack defensive weapon and you're adding another guy that can break people down offensively and and create something out of isolation which i mean gonzaga is the third straight power conference opponent that tried to switch everything against uconn um and take them out of what they wanted to run uh did not work that well because they don't have as many good defenders but to me it's getting clinging to the point where he is playing like the all-american we projected him to be they just have their pieces fit together when, when, when Hurley and his staff was, were putting this team together, you can tell it's like, all right, we're not going to duplicate too much, uh, even personality-wise a little bit, right? Like Cam Spencer is kind of that alpha dog that they needed a little bit because that's not clinging. Certainly that's not going to be Castle. Caravan's got some of that in him. But, but I think, again, Cam Spencer just you know brought another shooter who can do more than just shoot. He's not one-dimensional like a lot of people thought he was um, at Rutgers and at Loyola, Maryland. Uh, but again, they, Castle's athletic, big, strong, can guard at a high level, right? Can get to the basket, can get downhill. Solo ball is kind of a, you know, more athletic, but he can really shoot the ball, uh, comes off the bench. DR is great because he's got a gear, right? And he guards. He gets after it and really gets up in guys. Um, I, I just I like again how everybody serves a different purpose on this mm -hmm. UConn roster. Everybody, yeah, we, I, I love that. I I hate teams where they're like duplicating pieces, or you know, like I'm, listen, I'm gonna see one tomorrow a little bit. Indiana, you know, they don't have enough shooting. Obviously, that's the key thing, right? UConn. Even though they <laughs> not if you ask Mike Woodson, don't you dare bring that up in front of Mike Woodson. If you say anything about shooting to Mike Woodson, he's going to jump you, man. You better be careful. Don't go in that well, press conference. Be. He's going to be looking I won't for be you. Here. I would ask him, but I'm not going to be here for the post game press conference because I got to leave right away to get to that Purdue Arizona game in Indy because the Colts start at 4:15 too. So the traffic yeah. in Indy is going to be horrendous. Yeah. The, so what I will say is this. On paper, I think that this uh, this Gonzaga team is not a great matchup for UConn. And what I mean by that is they have a guy at the four spot that can go out and make things happen against Alex Caravan. If there's a weakness with this UConn team, it's guarding 
fours. If I think if you look at all the power conference teams that they've played, the four man is the one that goes off. Um, they have a point guard that is able to get to the basket, get to the lane, and create. The other issue that this UConn team has is perimeter defense against teams that have guys that can beat you off the dribble, right? And Gonzaga is a top 10 team with two guys that star in the position that you can kind of take advantage of this UConn team. And UConn held them to 39% shooting from the floor. UConn forced 11 turnovers. They held them to two for 12 shooting from the three-point line. And they were up by double figures for basically the entire second half. Gonzaga scored the first bucket of the second half to cut an 11-point lead to nine. UConn immediately answered with a, with a basket of their own. Gonzaga never got to single digits after that. Now, some of that is they missed some open looks, but some of that was UConn hit seven threes in the first half, threw it in cruise control, and there was nothing that Gonzaga can do. You said that you said earlier that UConn played their C game. I'd push back on that a little bit because I think that they were really effective uh, defensively. But um, all right, so B minus game. I'll give them like a yeah. B minus game. All I'm saying they is did, it was but not. They never got out of third. No, but you're right that they never got out of third, like second or third gear. Like it, it just there was a stretch in the second half where it just felt like UConn was out there because they wanted to be out there, right? They weren't really running their offense well. I think they had like four straight turnovers on possessions. They were just kind of throwing things away, and it just – it never felt like UConn threw it. They never – it, they never had that finishing. Well, what, what was it in? Remember Mortal Kombat? You might be too old for this government, but in Mortal Kombat, it used to they used to have the thing that would come up that would say like "finish him," and that popped up yeah. for UConn. But they were never able to like finish him. They just kind of let Gonzaga sit there, and there was nothing they could do. I, I made this comparison um, for uh, Purdue when they were playing against Xavier. It just kind of felt like UConn was the big brother that was holding their arm out like this, trying to play football against their little brother, and just not letting you get the ball. That's kind of what it felt like throughout this game. And and Gonzaga is a team that has a good point guard, a good foreman, a Hall of Fame head coach, and was ranked top 10 in the country playing in their state on the other side of the country from where UConn was. Like, I, I just – I try to – I wonder if there was a surprise drop. I wonder if UConn was almost surprised how easy this one was. And, again, like, they play with ferocity. You know, again, I, I think they did the right thing, getting clinging. I would be doing that every game. If he if he can get deep post position like that, which he should be able to do most nights, go get him the ball early because to me that gets his confidence up, that gets him into the game offensively, and and then again everything else is going to come right. You got a double on him. Good luck to you because well, the, then you're the going to get problem. Three. You're you're right. The problem they'd had with that up to this point was simply that he just was not. Right, he was Good not score. himself yet, and and score. I, and I do think that over the course of like the last uh, last ten days, it's been like a week and a half since Jimmy V, and he looked a little bit better at, at Jimmy V. Um, I think this foot thing is is more or less in the past. I think the toe thing, he's on the uh, the positive side, the, the right side of it, right. And I think he's starting to get into better shape. I don't know if it was a confidence thing. I don't know if it was. He didn't have his legs under him. I don't know if he he didn't quite have his wind yet. I don't know if it was something as simple as he couldn't quite like it, it, it. He didn't have the touch on the ball. Like sometimes when when that happens, like it feels like you're catching the ball off your palms instead of catching the ball on your your fingertips. And I don't know if it was something like that, but he wasn't quite himself, and yeah. he looked like himself tonight. Like he was. Yeah, and 
you know what's funny about this, Goodman? You know what's funny about it? He had the very first touch that he got, he had a turnaround, right? I, I don't know if you noticed this. The first shot that he got was a turnaround, and he threw it off the side of the fucking backboard. And it came right back to him, and he laid it right back in. And then the next yeah. possession yeah. down, they gave it right back. I think there was a drive, and they gave it to him, and he got a layup at the rim. And then it was yeah, like, right. oh, okay, he's going. And then they gave it to him two possessions later, and he scored like a little duck in. So I, I think I think part of it is he's starting to get healthy, but I think part of it is you're right. They got him going, and he got the confidence, and it was he needs, uh, maybe it was he more needs, of a, yeah, maybe. His personality is such that he can float a little bit. He's not going to demand the mm-hmm. ball. That's not his personality. Now, eventually, maybe he can be that type of, of guy. But, you know, you know you've sat with him multiple times. I've sat with him multiple times. He is too nice of a kid. And, and again, I think they got to do that. And, and I think Caravan knows it. And I think Tristan Newton knows it. Um, again, they need him to be great. And, and tonight well, – You know what's funny? Like, the, the one – so I, I was thinking about this, right? And outside of just like – nitpicks about defensive matchups and saying like, I don't know if they, they they have a great defender here and this and that, whatever. I think the one concern that I would have is that their best players aren't wired the way that Andre Jackson was wired and wired the way that, that Jordan Hawkins was wired. Cam sure. Spencer is, but like clinging, not really Caravan's like a super nice dude. Um, no, but Car- no, I disagree kind of- with you with Caravan. I I disagree with you a thousand percent on the court with Caravan. He's tough? a killer on the. court. He's tough. He, he is, talks, no, he's tough. He's vocal, tough, but he's a leader. Yes. So what I was gonna say is that's exactly what Camp Spencer is like. I think that I, I don't think we can overstate enough how important it was to land Camp Spencer, and not just because he had what he had fifteen, four boards, three steals, two assists tonight. But he's like, he's nuts, dude. Like he he's out of his damn mother. Just like yeah. his brother. They're both fucking nuts, and that's what makes him great. That's that's why you want them for the fabric, right? Plus, he could play, but he's not a he's not a great defender. But he he's smart. He plays hard. He's tough. He's diving on the floor. Like I don't know. Again, listen. When I said earlier this year, and in, in UConn fans. Still ripped me on it when I walked into the garden one UConn fan. Oh, Indiana's is talent. First of all, I said it when Castle wasn't playing. All right, I said the talent mm-hmm. level in the starting five. Castle was not out there. It's not like like Caravan and and Cam Spencer are the most talented dudes ever. You know what they are? They play hard as shit. They're tough. They they play smart. Uh, they do all the little things, all the intangibles. Where yeah, Indiana's guys. They're they're not like that, but they're more talented. You're telling me they're, they're more they're more. Here's here's the here's the, the way that I would. This is the point that you're trying to make. This is the point that you're trying to make, and and that I understand what you're saying, and I don't think that people understand what you're saying. That Indiana team is more physically gifted with guys that have the kind of tools that are that would make you be appealing to teams picking in the lottery. That also can do things like shoot it like handle the ball on the perimeter. Khalil Ware yeah. is, in an ideal world, a potential lottery pick. Mackenzie Mbaku, totally. in an ideal world, He might be a, a lottery pick lottery this year. Listen, and, and, he, and Xavier Ware Johnson is a guy. A lottery pick. No, I, look, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that, but when the only – I told you this at the time. The only thing I would push back on pretty significantly is like 
the when it comes to like skills and actual basketball ability, uh, it it's the, it doesn't even compare. But what when you say talent, I don't think pe- I know I know you well enough to know what you mean when you say talent. But these other people like they don't they don't get the point that you're trying to make. So I understand what you're saying. Even NBA it. talent, even NBA yeah. talent is is I guess what I'm saying is like McKenzie. Who are you? You're probably going to draft McKenzie and Baca over Alex Caravan. You just aren't right now. Like like NBA teams are going to go with upside, and McKenzie and Baco has higher upside. I don't. I don't. Uh, All right. Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe. Maybe. Look when when they played, I think you had a better argument than right now. After we have we have like uh, uh, six more games of a sample size to deal with there. So that's the only pushback uh, yeah. I give you. All right. Before I don't want to I don't want to rehash this argument because like we're just going to go down a rabbit hole. But I do want to ask you this question. Okay. I think we both agree that Arizona and Purdue are probably the two best teams in America. Do you think that that's fair? Um, I don't, I, you know, like I want to see Arizona again tomorrow. We, we saw him at Duke and, and Duke mm-hmm. isn't very good. They beat Michigan well, so my, State. My question is how Michigan far, State how far outside, how, how, how close is UConn to being the best team in America? Like, are you, are we getting, are we getting to the point where we have to have that conversation? Is it, yeah, like, sure. are, are they in the same yes. tier? Okay. Yes. Yes. Of course, they're in the same tier. That must be Kansas at Kansas. Yes, they're in the same tier. They're not far up. And and again, they've got a freshman in Castle that we haven't really seen yet. In my opinion, we we really haven't seen. Now again, you can't shoot, can't shoot. But they don't really need <laughs> he him to shoot. shoot. I mean, he he airballed awful. an open three, and then he had another one that got stuck between the rim and the back. No, he looked like me out there. Yeah. He looked like me out there. That was not great. But, that was not great. But again. Yes, I would say uh, they're in the they're in the conversation. UConn is in that conversation. I want to see Arizona tomorrow, and I want to see what they're made of in Indy against a top five team. They haven't played a top five team yet. They haven't. Duke is not that. Michigan State's not even a tournament team today. Wisconsin's a good mm-hmm. team, but they played them at McHale, and I think Wisconsin's a top twenty ish team at the end of the day this year. They've been oh, great over the last few weeks. They beat the shit out of Wisconsin. Kill them. Kill them. Kill them. They beat the But I want to see what they can do. I want to see what they can do when they step up a weight class. Yep. That's all. No, I, I agree. I agree. And and look, well, we're gonna we're gonna break down the entire Saturday slate here in a couple of minutes. That that uh, I cannot wait. This was the perfect appetizer. UConn Gonzaga yeah, was well. the perfect appetizer for what is gonna be uh, I think you can make an argument maybe the best regular season day that we're going to get the entire season. I don't know if anything can touch it. We got Arizona, Purdue. We got Arizona, Purdue and Kentucky, North Carolina might be the two most entertaining games we get all season long in the regular season. Those are going to be awesome to watch. We're going to get to all that here in a little bit. Um, I just, to put a ball on the, the, the UConn conversation real quick. um, I do want to give credit to Dan Hurley for, scheduling and i think mark few as well for scheduling the way yes. that he scheduled right you're the reigning national champion you are um you are uh, a self-proclaimed blue blood which i believe is a blue blood right and you go out and you play at kansas you play north carolina on a neutral you play uh, uh effectively a road game um at gonzaga and you play indiana on a neutral court in an event where you could have ended up playing Louisville. Now I know Louisville's not Louisville, but still, that's like five of the top ten programs 
in the history of college basketball, right? You go out and he wasn't afraid to schedule. And I do think that that is something that is really important in this sport is to have the coaches at the most recognizable programs to go out and schedule like this. Now, Arizona did it too. Duke did it too. Yes. Tom Izzo did yes. it too. There's a lot of coaches that that did that, but uh, I we think need it's to, really We important. need to expose. Hey, we need to expose the ones that didn't. I, I think we need to do that. Next week, uh, let's expose – we, we got the halves, and like you said, Mark Few does it every. Mark Few does it every year, every yep. year, and he kind of has to because they're in the WCC. But he does it. Tommy Lloyd but he still does it, man. He still three. does it. Like doing it, doing it is what matters. Oh. Giving us these games that are yep. great non-conference games that yep. can cut through the noise of football in November and December that aren't just NTEs and aren't just uh, the Maui Invitational. All that stuff matters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.